What's up, guys? It's Jordan. Demi is out for the day. She'll be back next show. My guest today is Allison Sudol. She's a musician and actress. You may know her from her role as Queenie in the Fantastic Beast movies. She has a new album out called Still Come the Night. So let's talk to her. Let's start off, of course, with the new album, Still Come the Night. Um, it's gorgeous, by the way. Thank Such you. an atmospheric. So um, it just really puts you in a in an in, in a really unique mood. And and I love the whole sound. It's very cohesive. So I know that there's that there's a lot that went into this album, both uh, musically and emotionally. And um, but let's start on the musical side of it. Mm -hmm. Um did you have an idea of the overall sound that you wanted this album to have, or did it kind of just piece together organically over time? So um, in going into a record, I usually will try and pull together some sonic references just so I can send it to everybody else so they know where my, my head's at. Um, I hadn't worked much with Chris Heisen before, who's, he's he's just unreal he's incredible um or or alex and lloyd haynes who played uh, guitar and drums um so this was really like going in quite quite raw and fresh with everybody um so yeah so i i had a i had a playlist but the playlist was quite like I had sort of two playlists. I'm just sorry, I'm gonna put my do not disturb on. How does one do that? Do not disturb me. Go away, everybody. There you go. Okay. Um I should do uh, the same thing. So yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So unprofessional. Good reminder. Good reminder, yeah. <laughs> The worst, when you're, the worst when you're filming a video interview, like an in-person video interview, and you're really into it, and there's a ding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or just like a really embarrassing ringtone goes off. Yeah. Um uh yeah, so I had I had sort of two playlists, I think, at that point that I sent everybody. Um, but the thing with music is that it kind of it, it's it's so much about the musicians that are with you, the energy of a studio, of a space, of a time. And I feel like if you if you're too regimented about what the sound needs to be like, um, you can lose what it is trying to be. So, I mean, everybody knew the general sonic space um, that I wanted to explore. They knew it would be, um, yeah, like the sort of the world that I wanted uh, to occupy, but then it just happened organically as well. Um, and certain influences that, um, that I've certainly had and that the guys had that weren't on the rec um, on the playlist came up like Elliot Smith who I absolutely love but he wasn't on the playlist but that kind of um that part of my my musical past came came through in playground and um yeah it's, it, it's always a surprise what an album is going to be like I can never fully visualize it well, it came together and I think it's, it also reminds me, this is like really obscure, but it also kind of has the feeling of, uh, since you're in the, you're in the UK now, um, mm -hmm. 
a badly drawn boy. If you're familiar, with anyone's familiar. Oh badly yeah, of course, boy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with sort of where it's yeah. sort of um, a, um, a familiar acoustic rock sound, but there's all sorts of interesting instrumentation and unexpected sounds and mm. instruments coming from different places and things like that. So yeah, those records are great. Of, oh, that's a cool reference. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a nerdy reference, but is it a little bit? Yeah, I feel yeah a little bit. I feel like a lot of people know Badly Drawn Boy almost from the About a Boy soundtrack. I was going to say, he, yeah. yeah, he did that brilliant soundtrack for About a Boy. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's nerdy, but I mean, I am an, I'm a nerd, so I guess right. I can't right. really. Well, speaking of, of- Speaking with these giant glasses. <laughs> speaking of giant, speaking <laughs> of my nerdy glasses, I'm not a nerd. Hang on, I'm not, now I'm really not a nerd. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm not a nerd. Yeah, now yeah. I'm now I'm a nerd again. Um, but, um in terms of the sound of this, when I was listening to it, one thing I noticed, I'm not a musician, but I'm sort of, of a geek when it comes to production and stuff. And mm -hmm. I noticed how specifically the drums on this album sound very warm and organic and like they were recorded in a small room. The mm -hmm. snare has a nice buzz to it. A lot of people tighten the snare to where it's just like a, a clack. And this is a very kind of buzzy snare sound. Yeah. So, um, did, yeah so was that you or was that just a nice thing that the the guys you worked with kind of enveloped or did you request something that sounded that had that warm sort of 70s feel to it yeah i mean that so those that those records are in the references in, in terms of um yeah i mean i'd have to look back onto the exact playlist that i sent because i've made so many playlists but um the instruments sounding like instruments. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's a good. You know, yeah. like that, that was important. Feeling like um, uh, you could hear the texture of the instrument. That was really important to me. And um, I hate when things are so like cleaned up that they just it sounds like brittle and right. really mean. Um, I I I don't want the drums to be jarring because I do ask often for I asked Lloyd quite a lot to play loudly like play a lot and so it's important and and um and Alex uh who's our engineer he he was great at, at getting those like micing it up in the right way so that when I was like make it thunderous be huge you know and 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 um and that was that was me and that was Chris um like he Lloyd could play like hell and it wouldn't it wouldn't be sonically like messed up so I think like really like Chris is brilliant at getting things to sound really beautiful Alex is brilliant at making things to sound it's it's all everybody kind of contributes to that sound it's important to us we're all geeks we're all yeah sonic. Totally. yeah absolutely sonic. yeah and you're releasing this so speaking oh. of geeks, oh my god! I just realized my cup has an A on it. This is a gift. And it's kind of cool. What's on the what's the drawing or the illustration or something on the side? It's like a badger eating cake. It's not cool. Oh. This is not. Oh. This is not a cool. For a gift. second, I thought it was like a Fantastic Beast swag gift cup or something. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if I drunk out of that because I've got like all these like Japanese ceramic cups but then you know you get to the edge of the dishwasher needing to be run and then oh, you yeah, get the, like the, the bargain bin bug yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm at the like weird gift 
I mean, I had a large collection of sports, like sports logo mugs that had been given to me by my parents and stuff over the years. Yeah. 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 Um, So you're releasing this music under your own name, not a fine frenzy. And um, I feel like it it is, it has a different sound definitely. Um, And I feel like the stuff that you released under your own name in like 2018, 19, um, that era, I felt like that was kind of an in-between of Fine Frenzy and what you're releasing now. Mm-hmm. Um, is Do you view it, your stuff you release under your own name versus Fine Frenzy is two different things, or is Fine Frenzy done and you're just Allison Sudol? Well, I mean, I was... Thank you for noticing that, by the way. That's very yeah. cool. Um, yeah. uh, I was 22 when my first record came out, and I was 19 when I was began writing it so like think about what you were wearing listening to doing when you were 20 you know what I mean like 15 years ago it's like is I yes of course I've evolved and changed um a fine frenzy was what where I was at musically at that point um and I was I was young I was trying to figure things out I was navigating the music industry it wasn't necessarily the best environment for me the one that I was in after a certain point um and so I I, my music was there was a lot of um conflict going on behind the scenes and so when I ended up find frenzy I was trying to kind of distance myself from a lot more than just the kind of music that I was making um and then I I made lots of music that I didn't release after that last um record until I released the two EPs and it, it was just sort of like finding my feet I think because I was um in the public eye so young there was a certain element of like fear of making mistakes or like trying stuff like I I needed to do so I sort of did because the music that I was making quite early on ended up being on One Cell in the Sea and um, so there was a lot of evolution that happened in those years where I didn't put anything out Um, and um, and like it's only now actually that I'm like 15 years after that first record that I'm able to kind of like see more of an arc feel like less like I have to distance myself from a fine frenzy because that's just what I was making at the time but I there was just all this other like trauma that kind of lodged onto that name that didn't have anything to do with anything like that should they should have been separate but I couldn't separate them when I was 27 I had to kind of just yeah, I mean, I was yeah. twenty-seven. I'm still twenty-seven. Like I was still so young when I, right. <laughs> when I ended. The, that's that's yeah. the strangest thing of people who who get started so young as you get in your late. You're like, oh, I've been around ten years already, but I'm not even thirty yet. It's, it's oh god, I know. I literally thought my career was over at twenty-seven. Yeah. Like, what was I do? like? It it it's I'm just still barely even have any idea how to use my voice at that point. You know, <laughs> like as a singer, as right. I was just let's talk about that. How vocally, um, have you worked with professional teachers or, um, have you purposely tried to, uh, work on your voice? Like how, what have you done in terms of vocals over the years to kind of expand and evolve? So I worked with so 
too many teachers when I was young. So many people with absolute views of how you should sing and conflicting to the point where there was I was like 16 or 17 and I actually like stopped being able to sing for a while like really I think I was so in my head that I just like and some some weird crap that a singing teacher or a few a few singing teachers do in particular said you know you're so young I think I I I seemed very mature when I was really young so I think people were just like you can handle me giving you really adult language and talking to you like your peer when you have the emotional language of like a 12 year old you know like right um, right so yeah so I I sang with so so many people and then I stopped taking lessons and then I was like just singing to kind of survive because like when you're touring you're just singing all the time and um and what I learned throughout recording many songs and albums is that I I just needed to learn how to write for my voice because I would write sort of in spite of my voice or I'd write kind of like stuff that I couldn't necessarily sing very well as I was writing it and then I would kind of like try and shoehorn myself into being able to sing it and so like the older I've gotten and the more I've sung I just started to realize like where I sing naturally and what feels good and like try and lean into that and lean into the right key of a song and you know um and knowing what keys and melodies you excel at is that if that makes sense yeah I mean I'm still learning that that's like that is I'm just at the edge of that I think still come the night is the beginning of a lot of that for me that my two EPs moon and moonlight those were also really teaching because I tried a lot of different things stylistically and vocally mm -hmm. and it was all it was all learning and um yeah I think the important thing is to continue learning and to continue kind of being curious and to go okay this isn't working like even there's like a, a song that we that on the album is a certain key and I just can't sing it very well live like I just yeah. go off key like crazy and then we just tried playing at half step lower the other day and it was like oh that's so easy oh, okay yeah and just sometimes your voice is just like and I think our, and I think our mind is predicated to hear certain tones more clearly or to mm -hmm. repeat certain tones or something um yeah yeah who knows who knows science it's am I right science. the human body <laughs> um mystery Right, right, right. Um, so at this point, you're you're you got this album out, and you've had such a success as an, as an actor the last several years. What what's kind of the, your your acting to music balance? You know, kind of day to day. Do you are you, have you kind of set aside? We I I feel like we talk to a lot of people who do both, and some people like to kind of have concurrent, some people like to sort of have big chunks of time that are just for music or just for acting, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I guess like it in different points in time, it's been concurrent. Like I made Moon and Moonlight whilst um, filming Fantastic Beasts. I was taking trains down to Bristol on my days off and working on that, that music. And that was... I think what I, I, I needed that at the time I needed um, 
they each sort of they fulfilled really different things for me i was going through a really difficult time personally and beasts was this like magical escape world literally it's an escape world on screen but it was for me just such an escape i would get picked up at a certain time brought to set the shambles of my life at home could just like be there and i would like the harry potter train like a real life harry potter train taking you up yeah 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 Yeah. of course that's how you get Mm. to that's how you get to these Mm. and then um and then on the off days then i would go and i would work on music and i would just go directly into the pain and just like face it deal it excavate excavate like and 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 other sides of myself too not just pain um but like parts of myself that had been suffocated that needed air um and yeah that was really helpful at the time but i I think in general it's easier for me to have dedicated time because especially now i have a i have a toddler so it's like too much back and forth and i start to feel like i'm going insane um it's a it's a little hard to yeah to balance those two yeah yeah do you find (laughs) yeah right 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 um, I, I know that motherhood inspires some people in different ways. Do you think inspires you directly artistically? Um, cause some people literally will write songs about their children or, or whatever. Um, I sound very callous. I'm sounding like someone who, who doesn't have kids, obviously, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, but do you find that you're wanting that you, that being a mom inspires you or is it more just like a putting a little joy in your heart that makes you want to work more, you know? Mm. I mean, yeah, it's the most inspiring thing. It's hilariously like the the hardest it's ever been to create, to be creative, you know, because it's yeah. just like time and exhaustion and stuff make it really hard. But um, the power that I've discovered inside of myself and the sort of like the resilience and the stamina, all is it blasts your identity becoming a parent and becoming a mother physically. I mean, it's just everything just, and then out of that wreckage, you sort of pick up the pieces of yourself. And I felt like I had an opportunity to, to just take what I wanted with me. And then the other parts that I didn't feel served, I wanted to try and leave them behind. Obviously it's not always the case, but um, one of the things that I wanted to leave behind was my fear of creativity, my paralysis around creativity, my overthinking around creativity. Those are things that I was just like, I don't think I have time for this anymore. Um, and so I, I have felt this huge surge in my creative brain since coming out of the, like the one year from, like about to a year I was like but from after that yeah it was like I I, I've been insanely creative to the point where sometimes it's like a joke but it's great it's interesting so you almost had like a like a a wall that you broke through yeah or something yeah interesting Interesting. yeah yeah, it felt like that too and and it's I've really been thinking so much lately about resistance um, and the fact that like we're in this 
day and age where it's kind of like, well, if there's resistance, like it means you're not supposed to go there, just like going towards the path of the, you know, ease and flow and like, you know, everything's like peace and light, you know, <laughs> I, and like, I'm, I'm more of a secret hippie than most, you know, I am woo woo, <laughs> but I feel like I'm a, I, I'm a real believer that we have to go through like the subterranean, like, I don't know, garbage layers in order to get further deeper in towards our, our truth. And, um, and that resistance, I feel like it so often precedes just a huge amount of growth. Um, but you really have to like persevere. And so, you know, like when I see kids, who are younger than me and just like giving up. I gave up so much. I gave up so many times. I wish I had like pushed through the the wall to get yeah. to get to the good. Well, how many success stories have something about how many rejections rejection people have and over and over mm -hmm. again trying again and trying again. Yeah. yeah. Are you a big self-help person do you do you do you read self-help books do you read blog articles or are, are you into that whole sphere um i gosh i've got i've got a i've got a good amount of them yeah <laughs> but, um i don't i don't have time to read them anymore if i have time to read i'm gonna read like a like a chewy novel you know like <laughs> I, read, I read one entire book yesterday because i had a lot of train journeys and i just read a book just that sounds so quaint of you traveling by train through England, reading a book. It's just, that's what, when fans think about what you look like when you travel, that's what they're thinking of. Yeah. But yeah. when I'm talking about, I mean, that's hilarious, especially being an American, like who fantasized about life in England. Right. I mean, you do take a lot of trains that do take you through countryside, but this particular train was like, I'm talking subway. Computer like, rail. Yeah. Like yeah. Arm, you know, smells like armpits and like, right. you know, I'm sitting on like, uh, who knows what you know like you know beer stained seats yeah or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there's like there's like the remains of a of a bachelorette party you know like it's not cute cute and quaint okay. but um but there there have been plenty mm -hmm. of journeys where i'm on nicer trains <laughs> what's it like being part of a world that has such a fanatical following where you're part of such a bigger, a larger universe with fan fiction and theories and people tweeting at you and all that sort of stuff. And that 20 years from now, you're going to run into people who are 12 when Secrets of Dumbledore came out or whatever. And they're going to be like, you know, oh, I remember you They're like that. That's yeah. got to be both have both be kind of a weight and also sort of a joy to be part of that. Yeah. I mean, it's lovely like it's not in my in my experience and i've done some comic cons and stuff like that like it's right. not really a, the kind of thing that brings mean people to the party you know like it's people that believe in magic and right. like want to like spend their time thinking about what magic house they'd be when they went to to you know hogwarts and stuff like that so right it's it's quite a nice world to be in and it's 
it is it is so important to people and that is a wild thing to be affiliated with that and I I don't think that there's any way to process that really except just to be grateful for it and it's just uh, it's not something that I is reflected in my daily life particularly except for the fact that my neighbors across the street they have four kids and one of their kids was like hounding me for a coloring book you know for about a day they didn't care after that he just wanted the coloring book and then I gave it to him who knows if he but like that was it I took I took um I took my friend and her daughter as well the same same Mm -hmm. family to the premiere and they were the only people I like wanted to impress like I just wanted to be like hey (laughs) you know look at me I'm in a big dress but you know it's not it's not the world I live in certainly not like music Right, right. It's significantly smaller and significantly less. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a different thing. But that's interesting yes. to talk about. Like Star Wars, people are different than Marvel. People are different than Harry yeah. Potter. People and yeah, totally different. Gotcha. Um, do you see yourself getting more like doing in you know more acting roles? You know, being that something you do more often in the future, or do you like doing it kind of here and there? It, I mean, I grew up in LA where um, my parents had an acting studio and then my dad continued to act, teach actors in LA. My aunt is an acting teacher. Um, it's a really like strange industry. And mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of just like ride the waves with it, you know, like, um, sometimes there's just roles that like like beast just gave me an opportunity to be a part of something that like little kids would think i was magic you know what i mean and i had yeah. the opportunity to make this character like to be a magical empath so i was like yeah hell yeah let's do it yeah, yeah. yeah. you know and i and i kind of didn't really like get into it much more than that but mm-hmm. um it really comes down to the role the project the director the timing where it films how long it films sure especially now with motherhood yeah yeah Yeah, i'm like hey do i need to take my kid out of nursery like what's my partner doing is he working you know what i mean so right i i just i have to be much more pragmatic um at this point so i have no idea but i'm i definitely am um running towards music headlong I have so many songs so much that I haven't um really given enough time to in the past so I'm following that yeah was there were there a lot of tracks that didn't make the album that you're kind of tooling around with for future releases like because I always think that's fun Mm -hmm. you're like done you're like done no 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 that 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 particular album was like because it was about a specific journey that was sure. pretty much like, okay, this this part of the journey needs to be addressed, this part. And there's one song that's not on the record that will be released later. But no, there's no tinkering from that time because that was like very specific. But um, there's a lot brewing and like there's yeah. a lot that, like, that, that, that there's space to explore now. And, w- and whatever production and music people you worked with on this 
definitely go back to that well because it worked very well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that, that that's like a that's a deep well, and that's a that's a long term well. Um, they are an, an amazing musicians and human beings. So yeah, I feel very fortunate, and like we, like they're friends, and uh, yeah, just love. I love them. I love them so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before we end this, before I let you go, I know that you're big into environmentalism and saving the planet. Um, I feel like we're, I'm, I'm a big electric car advocate, especially here in LA, like $6 gas, like, come on, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. you drive, you literally drive down the block. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre to get to a point where you plan trips based on gas mileage and stuff. You know, I, I even think if I'm driving into the Hills or something, Oh, that's going to mess up. My gas mileage. Yeah. Excuse me. $6. $6. $6. We're, yeah. We're, we're still doing five fifty to $6. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, but, I remember being like two sixty nine. That's yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. It's Whoa. nuts. But what I want to ask you as someone who, who's been active in, in, in that, on that side of things, do you feel like it's gone from this sort of thing that only lefty liberal people are into to everyone? Do you feel having been in that world that doing fundraisers and things over the years, do you feel like that it's easier for to convince people that this is a real problem? It's not everyone enough. It really, it might seem like it because we follow probably similar, you know, like follow pe like-minded people on social media. Sure. I need like, like-minded news outlets and stuff like that. So it can seem like everybody's on board, but like, no, there's still a, a lot of work to do and um, a lot of waste and a lot of th ways things are done that are, um, need to change and shift. And I think there's like some part of us as human beings is just like really like resists change like re really resist change until we absolutely have to change and that's worrying because there's we're getting pretty clear signs left and right that things need to change and we're still like people are literally moving cities away from shorelines like entire cities and towns to get away from because of the erosion. And and that's what irritates me is when there's plain as day evidence that is affecting and is expensive. It's not like this is like a free thing that when your house gets blown down that you just one magically appears, it's expensive to do all this. So um, I yeah. appreciate, I appreciate people like you and, you know, out there being vocal about it, you know, not just, the charities themselves are, you know, everyone's heard from sting and there's sort of like this kind of team of celebrity and, you know, climate change people, you know, and so it's, it's good to like populate it more, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, we all, we all need to get on board. There's certainly like way more that I could be doing. And I think we all could be doing. And what, what, I, what I used to feel before I got involved with, the many organizations that I work with. I was like on a major label, had a big Twitter following, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know what I can do. And then I, and then I kind of started to reach out to people and went, oh, right, I can use my voice or whatever. And, my, but, and, and then I realized at a certain point that I could have, I could have done stuff way earlier, like community 
community-based projects are really important. They might not be like big and flashy, but like that's where, you know, beach cleanups, like do, do stuff, do stuff with your friends, like do things, do small things because they add up. Like um, if you see stuff around you, like people still using plastic bags at, you know, your local grocery, like petition that do the, do, do, because those little things add up and those are the things that we we're all wanting the big corporations to change. And obviously that's, that is where the mega stuff does need to change. Um, but it's just, we're just in an emergency. So we've got to do all the things. And if like a bird doesn't eat that, plastic bottle cap that's kind of like okay because you picked it up like that's cool right you know right. like you, you like do that do that yeah. don't don't wait till you're like big and famous and fancy to do something because actually you you could probably do quite a lot um right. and I, I had i wish i had known that i wish i had realized that i mattered and that i didn't have to just have some kind of status or whatever so yeah just no one told me i don't know what i was <laughs> no one told me for. right i mean right. now there's like a lot more of that i think out there um and youth activists are so extraordinary and they're just doing such amazing work you know and it's just like just keep doing it yeah i think that the people who are under the age of 25 now that have grown up with this, it's not a political thing to them. They, no. you know, so anyway. That's our, it's our age. It's the like, yeah, you know, like, cause we're all like, oh, the kids will fix it. Right. Right. They're amazing. But it's like, no, there's, they're also kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like let's all pitch in because it's, yeah, like I said, it's an emergency. And just watch Fern Gully once in a while. Just, <laughs> Oh, I haven't. That's such a. I haven't seen that in such a long time. The, the little smoke monster, small, like freaked me out when I was a kid. Right, the little smog monster. Uh, anyway. Oh God, I haven't. I mean, like, I I only remember is Jaja Gabor in that. Is she is she like the villain or something or or like she sings a song, doesn't she or something? Or? I feel like she's in that. Like I don't know why I remember that. I must have seen that movie when I was like. I just yeah or something, but yeah. I'll Same watch. Rainforest. I'll watch. Let's watch. I'll watch Fern Gully. Learn I'll something. Watch Fern Gully and then get get on our feet. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> with that, with that, Alison, we'll let you go. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining me on the show. Likewise. And everyone, check out the new album. It sounds great. Um, it's a great. I love a good late night album. I think that's a good like 11 p.m. kind of album. So that's great. That's a yeah. great. To listen to it. Thank yeah. you. All right. All right. We'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. That was Alison Sudol. Her new album, Still Come the Night, is out now. That'll be it for me. Demi will be back next show. Until then, go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture and music news. And check out past episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.